You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what up, Internet? This is Frank. And this is Adam. Yeah, this is weird. This is really weird. I, I'm looking around here and there. It's just us, dude. We're on the other side of the glass. I know. It's, 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 a, it's a good day, but but yeah, clearly, you know, clearly everyone's got some stuff going on this week. Uh, so they called in yeah. backup. We're the, the, we're the A-team, yep. you know, <laughs> the first line of defense here. Um, so, yeah, so it feels good. But luckily, luckily... Um, we were going to be talking audio anyway this yes. week. We were going to talk post, and um, yeah, and, and quite frankly, I don't, I don't know if, if Brandon and Alex really know anything about that. So. Let's keep it a secret. <laughs> no, there are various students. Actually, Brandon, his background was in college. It started off as sound, so um, yeah, so he's very astute there, which is which makes it really fun to work together on that stuff. So, and I have zero background in audio, so perfect. This should be interesting. So, yeah, so we're gonna. We're, you have a lot to learn today. We're gonna talk. I will learn a lot, and the listeners will learn. All right. Well, you before we start, uh, this episode is sponsored by Light and Motion. They make great single point uh, LED uh, battery powered lights. They're very rugged, and we're giving uh, they the nice folks they are giving away a light to one of our lucky listeners. You still have a chance to win. Say what? Um, you just go to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, hashtag FDB giveaway, and at Stella Pro Lights, and we will be selecting a lucky winner on May 15th. Of what year? Of this year. Which year is that? 2017. Perfect. That's yep. good. Yeah. Because yeah, it's going to live in infamy, you know. That is true. We do have up, you know. people catching up on old yeah. episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so May 15th, 2017. It's about a month away, but don't don't delay. Just enter now before you forget about it. So, Frank, do you know about lighting? Do I do know, know about lighting. So, what, what what's up with that light? Because I know zero. Like I am, I am complete more. I would encourage you or anybody else to go listen to our last episode. We actually had them on, and for the first like twenty minutes of the podcast, they talked about their lights and what they offer. But um, in summary, it's a really small uh, single source LED light. That's battery powered. It can run up to like 90 minutes on full power. It can go underwater and above water. So it's really great for like if you're out, yeah. you know, remotely somewhere yeah. and you need to shoot shooting something in waterfalls and, not, and like, stuff. Yeah, shoot know? near water yeah. or not worry about the rain. Great, great light to have. Man, that's awesome. That is cool. They're giving it away. That's good, guys. All right. So Twitter, Instagram, all the deal. Twitter, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Awesome. So, how have you been? Uh, busy. This well, this week has been insane, which is good. So it's always good to be busy. Um, being not busy gives me horrible amounts of anxiety, and I need to figure out how to deal with that. Um, so yeah, typically I just turn to like going home and like drowning my sorrows in booze, and that's not a good thing either. So it's good to be busy yes. this week. Um, <laughs> Some some good stuff. So, and you've been on the podcast before. Yeah, plenty. So, for the listeners who might just be now starting to watch the show, like, what um, talk about what other yep. episodes you've been on? What you've talked about so far? Oh God, <laughs> um, I think I honestly I think I, that was the first um, 
man, I don't even know. Here's the problem is the first episode I was on, Brandon needed to find out um, if I was pro um, superhero movie or against superhero movie. And and I honestly now I feel bad. I've completely forgotten my answer. So so I think what it, as the if you if you if you picture the scoreboard here, I think I've like lost one column and I'm sitting in the middle now. So that happened on the first episode, but now it's like useless because I don't even remember where I stand. Because where I do you stand watched. now? I haven't. I, nothing swayed me. I could care less, frankly. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even. I if if it's a good a good plot line and it makes sense and it's convincing to me. I can't like in sound or like in music. I could I could qualify why I made a certain decision, you know. But in the in the visual space, I'm a consumer, so I can't break down storylines as much. Or I could break down a storyline, but I couldn't break down like why overall that appealed to me as as much as other more astute uh, viewers could. So. If the plot holds up and 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 they and they like fake me into believing, right? If I can have that that the the moment of 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 what would it be the 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 disbelief, you know the 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 suspension of reality yep. that convinces me that it's okay to suspend reality for this fantasy, then then you've got me. But if it's not that, or if I, if I can't get over that suspension of reality, nope. So whatever it takes to make that happen is how I get convinced when it comes to something that's not real. Okay. Like, but the Batman so, movies always, always work. Based for me. on that, I think I'm going to put that as a win in Brand um, Alex's category with an, asterisk. with an asterisk. With an asterisk. But if you can, yeah, yeah, it's. I'm not. I'm not going to say no to it on the basis of. It's this kind of movie, right? Yeah. I'm not going to. Well, you know, I'm not going to not going to go see something because it's that kind of movie because it's a superhero movie i'll give it a chance so when you watch a movie are you like so do you just zone out and like just try to enjoy it or are you listening yeah. to the sound immediately? some it depends it depends so so if if it's done right it'll always trick me the sound will always get me and you know and, and most feature films it's done right um and it doesn't pull you away and, and there are times you listen to stuff and you're like that you know that was huge. That was awesome. But, you know, yeah, I, I, I tend to, to just watch. Um, but lately, and this is, this came up the last time we were on, um, lately my kids have been watching videos in a, in a, in the minivan, right? So I have three kids and they'll watch videos in the back of the minivan. And when we play the audio, um, out of the stereo so they can hear the movie, I don't get to see it. You just sit there and you're driving down the road and you're just listening to a movie and that reveals so much more because you're completely disconnected and and the Foley brain of me who's always fu- trying to find creative ways to make new sounds and to, you know to come up with something you know really fun or really gooey or mushy you get to hear how this animation dealt with it from with that with completely detached from picture and you can hear oh yeah. That's a rag, a wet rag on plywood. Like that's how that happened. Oh yeah, that's you know that's just cloth rustling and like being pulled tight. That you know, and you don't really know what's happening on screen, but you can hear exactly what the sounds are, and your and your brain puts it together a little bit better um, without pictures. So that that is fun. That would yeah. be interesting. I know they always 
talk about in filmmaking to if you really want to study it just turn the sound off and watch it so yeah i suppose it's the opposite yeah for you yeah exactly yeah so that's it'll it it reveals so much um and it reveals because because what you do in 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 audio post is is you're drawing attention as well and you're telling little little bits right of the story you don't know someone's outside of the room working on something unless you hear somebody outside the room working on something you know, and then when they enter the frame, you know, maybe they stopped working on something and enter the frame and walk in. Um, you know, so it's those connecting pieces that you can tell on the, you know, on the audio side of it um, that you wouldn't gleam from picture. Um, you know, and that's tiny, but it's the realism, you know, so it brings that, that little bit of story to it. Um, but you're drawing focus is the deal. You're taking, I mean, maybe it's not every footstep of anyone you hear on the screen that you're hearing. You know, that you see on the screen that you're hearing. Um, you hear the footsteps of the person walking that you're supposed to pay attention to. Only that person's real. You know, you only hear the conversation of the person at this table right in front of us. Yeah. Who cares that there's somebody two feet to the left of them talking at the same volume? You still don't, you don't hear them. You know, you hear that there's Walla, but you're not allowed to hear them. But in the real world, you'd hear them and it'd be distracting. So, you know, that's that's all we're really doing. And I'm sure Alex can can speak to how, you know, how in, in, in direction that you you draw focus for the eye. Audio is doing the same thing as reinforcing where our focus is and where our focus needs to be. So speaking of that, if someone comes to you with a project and they have a script and you're looking over that, like, how do you know how much work you're getting yourself into without seeing the final product? Uh, so on long form stuff. Well, uh, and this is just me. So I've, I've, we've, we do some long form here. We're not based in, as like a long form house that we just take on films, right? That's, um, we'll do it. We've done, we'll do lots of shorts and we'll do documentaries and things like that. Um, and, and we'll get the, the times that we get brought in, I'll, I'll be able to start to see scenes and they'll start to be able to tell me how it's going and what kind of help they need, what kind of things we're, we're looking at to build. Um, I can look at it from, even from a script standpoint, look at it and go, oh, this is mostly just cityscapes, or this is just people in rooms talking in a city, or people, you know, talking in interiors. There's no animation, there's no massive special effects, there's no need for, like, an extra big sound effects or sound design layer to it. It's just telling the appropriate organic story. That's one level of complexity, but then if you go up from that and say, well, it's this, but then he becomes a monster and you're like, oh, so then you're operating then from the ground up, you know, from building out these really custom bigger things. And so when it starts to get bigger and bigger like that, then, you know, you can find that your complexity starts adding hours and adding, you know, adding people, adding, adding resources. So, um, you can look at it from a treatment standpoint, but then, I mean, it, it does boil like it does boil down to who's in the field working on it sometimes that you know if you've got a stud you know who's who's micing everybody up and who's working that that you know that's you'll be in better shape um if you've got or or if you look at all the environments and realize that all the audio is going to be absolutely useless whatever you know that that the, that there's no way in that factory or in that train yard or whatever <laughs> is 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 that going to end up working so, you know, you, you just make sure that, that everybody understands those watchouts. And most of the time they do. Most of the time people go, well, you know, we'll capture it, but we're going to have to ADR that scene. Right on. Well, we'll ADR it, build it in. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you can get it from a script. You get an idea of it from the script. And the director usually has it in their mind, kind of, of, of what they're going after. And, and, 
you know what how they how they want it to end up and sound um and and on so that's i mean though there's different levels too because if you're looking at from just the independent filmmaker um putting something putting out a short that that they like to get into festivals that you know that that level of uh, professionalism still has to be that end deliverable has to be top notch, right? It still has to fly yeah. um, and sit next to all these major people who are putting these things in into festivals. Um, and and two, the consumer, the viewer, has the expectation of what's right. And if you don't live up to what's right, at least, you know, you're 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 never going to to, to persuade anybody your story's good because they're gonna they're gonna see through it. Um, they're gonna they're gonna get hung up on all these little things that they sh- that they don't get hung up on when they watch TV, and they're not gonna know why they're getting hung up. Right? Yeah, it's like man, that guy he sounds thin and in a tube, and you know the mic was in a funky place, and yeah, that's 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 great. Like you can hear what he's saying, but like something in the back of your head doesn't believe him, you know? Because he sounds like he's he sounds like he's talking to you like this, and he's he's on screen being normal. Um, but yeah, so but but from their level, from like an independent filmmaker, the mix the mix deliverables are a little different, right? So and and you can you can work on the post side, you know, and it's never really good to do this, but you can work fast and loose, making everything sound good, making everything you know work for a festival and work in a surround mix, and and it end there. But if you're ever looking at global distribution, you're gonna have to have fully mixed M and E stems, which are basically the film without dialogue um ready to be dubbed in a different language and that's a whole nother mix deliverable that's a whole nother thing um to do not to do after the fact you have to keep it in mind at the front but literally you're swapping out any movement any clothing noise anything like that that was captured live with foley to make sure that when you take the dialogue away it's interesting yeah i I knew about you know dubbing into different languages, but I didn't even consider that you are still using some of the like you're capture you're using yeah. in the final product some of the audio that's captured for Foley, and I didn't yeah. think that yeah, of course you'd have to recreate that. Yeah, if it's if any of that stuff's overlapping the dialogue, the minute the dialogue's gone, it's gone too. So anything that's overlapping, you have to redo. Now, I mean, you can get a you can get around it if if you're if you have to go really quick. And use the captured stuff, you know, captured effects. If there was just somebody moving in their chair or something that no dialogue was overlapping, go ahead and pull it down to your sound effects bus. You know, pull it down and use it as a as foley. But if you're gonna have to swap out other things in that scene, man, swapping out five seconds of like clothing rustle is gonna take you that five seconds to do. So you might as well just do it right and do it over. Um, but that's the whole difference between I'm going to put this thing out for a film festival, quick and dirty stereo mix versus, oh, distribution. Because then you, I mean, because doing it for distribution and having all your stems right and everything set and ready for broadcast is the right way to do it. Um, but I know a lot of folks out there it, it might might even think that this thing will never see that light. Yep. I'm not going to pursue that light and it doesn't need to be there. So there are options in and like post house of our size that'll say well we don't you know we're we're in we're in Cincinnati right so we have done things that have gotten you know global distribution we have done things that that have existed at that at that scale but the bulk of what we do is helping out is is helping out up and comers is helping out independents is helping out smaller shops you know kind of get get up that level guys get to the get to the next step or at least keep their quality there so 
were able to not be like crazy huge production every time there. And I don't want to yeah. like sound like a sound a sales pitch for sound <laughs> images, but but there's other ways, you know. So when you're looking at the scope of the job and you look at the script and you're like, oh yeah, like we're gonna redo all this stuff. Well, if it doesn't have to have like fully mixed M and E stems, we can get away with taking some shortcuts and just cleaning stuff. You know, and and you can get away with not doing like a massive scope thing, but still have that same quality and the same exact end deliverable without all oh, the big audio post. Yeah. You know, what's appropriate for the project. Right. Exactly. So it's, you know, what we, our, our new term around here is win big and win small. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So. so speaking of doing things right or appropriately for the project, can you speak a little bit about your workflow? Yeah. Well, it depends on, on what it's for. Uh what it's for um if it's you know our standard if it's just a you know we'll call it a 30 second commercial right um if it's um dialogue on screen you know need for and and well typically we end up treating like a 30 second commercial spot the same way we'd treat like a 20 minute short you know or a you know or, or a feature right it's still the same stuff you're dealing with on screen so you have your your elements your dialogue your your effects and your music and uh, first, we'll start with dialogue pre-dubs, cleaning that all up, getting breaths out as needed, or minimizing things, getting room tone appropriate across all of that. Um, and then, as that happens, you're pulling the sound effects that happened or anything in the room down to a different track, right? That's going to feed a sound effects bus that gets treated differently. That feeds, um, that gets split out to the sound effects stem at the end of the day. Um, so you pull everything out of there, and then you realize you you've got holes, right? Or you 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 find issues in the dialogue that might need to get replaced, and kind of mark those and call producers and say, or the director and say, hey, you're gonna want to fix this, bring them back, um, or send it along. A lot of most of the time, I mean, we're in the 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 truth of the matter is, is if the production was shot in Cincinnati, we probably cast it out of Chicago. Um, there are some like some sweet quality talent here, but honestly, there's some. Chicago's not too far, and the pool's a lot bigger. So we'll end up casting a lot of things out of there. So if there is ADR that needs to go and happen with someone who was on screen, typically we'll just link up to a studio in Chicago or just say, hey, here's the picture. Send it along. Fix the one word, please. Um, that is if we can't fix it ourselves, and that's something I want to get into later about um, something I'm excited about. But um, So, yeah, so you pull the effects out. So real quickly, yeah. um, the... When you say you're doing it on the same scale as if you're doing a feature film, like if you're doing a commercial, is it? Do you think it's always appropriate to like treat that as a, a feature, like where a feature, like if someone's walking down the street and talking, you do want all that environment sound, but a commercial, maybe you only have thirty seconds to get the point across, and you don't want. You you need to put focus where the focus needs to be, um, and and the and the, the question is is in the style of what you're doing and who you're talking to is what is the action that appears on screen does it need to be real. And that's the that's the big do I or don't I you know do foley or do I or don't I add effects to this because if you need it to feel like a montage then absolutely hands off music in dialogue um, even if it's that even if it's this kind of montagey thing I still at a very low level will at least add an environment or add something there okay. to bring it to life just a little bit um, even with a lot of things that are shot at like you know at, at yeah, it, like twice the speed. Things that are that are coming back in slow mo. Things that are coming back, um, unreal. It's still there's still ways to bring in some realism to it 
that just makes it more convincing. And a lot of times it's just the environment. It's bringing the room, bringing something that goes like, oh, that like that like really happened, rather than someone created something that isn't real. You know, there there's there or the or plays the ethereal card. So there's ways to make it happen, and it's 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 always cool to see it work that way. It's always cool to see it come to life because you know, and this this happened in a, in a piece we did recently. It was a. This is actually Alex shot the piece. There was a, a scene, and I don't know if we'll be able to release it publicly yet. That I really hope it does. It was an outstanding piece. That this in and you know so shot it, whatever at sixty frames per second or one twenty whatever. She's putting her coat on really slow, but it but she put it on so fast while she was shooting it. It just it was just slightly disconnected from. It, it, it from what was real, right? So you could tell that it was a little slow. Something was a little off just in looking at the picture. But it wasn't so slow that it wore itself on its sleeve. So it was really interesting. We had You have two choices there. You can just let music hang and it just be this thing that she does as she puts this coat on and it's like waves over her head. It's almost like a cape. Um, she's wrapping around her in this, in this shot. Or... You, so you could do nothing. You could go synthetic and make like a whoosh, like a whoom, something that, that goes like, oh, man, that's like otherworldly that she's putting this thing on and create a, an alternate reality. Or you could do what we did and because um, everything else around it in the scene was real speed. And that was the only thing that like changed. That was the only thing that did it, uh, did it um, slow. And do what we did. And we did a we, – we used Foley – and just did the you know the moves of putting on the camera slowly and and made what she did on screen real and it was creepy because you you watched it without the sound and went that's in slow mo you watch it with music you're like that's in slow mo and then you then you watched it with the foley and you're like how'd she do that and it like it, it and it got you. You're like, wow, that was this dramatic thing, and it just came to life as a dramatic thing rather than you focusing on anything else. It just went like, oh, she put her coat on, like she's getting back in, like it just became real again. Um, yeah, so it's those. It's the you know. So in your spot, you know, does it make sense to do that? Like, yeah, we were drawing focus to that. It definitely makes sense to do that. Um, if someone's walking down a sidewalk in your spot, there was a spot that we had like a couple announcers, uh, football announcers, were talking about. But this person, like, she's literally just walking into a bank. And they're talking about this girl walking into a bank and then, like, basically announcing what she's doing. Like, whoa, check it out. She's got a lot of, like, move in her step and all these things. And so they're just watching her. And on a field, if you think about it, on, like, a football field, there's a little bit of noise of how these guys move on the field. But not tons. If the announcers are talking about something, they're going to, you know, kind of get a little bit of that out of the way. Um, But... We decided that, you know, on that, and we do, we do it both ways. Like, I'll, I'll put them in just to see. And so we put our steps in and just glow them in the back. And it's like, man, it puts everything in context. You know, these guys are sitting at a table out in the parking lot, like a broadcast booth, and she's walking. And, man, you it might as well be a table in a parking lot as a broadcast booth in that world. And so make the world. So, like, bring in the environment, the birds tweeting, the, you know, little wispy wind happening and, you know, maybe some street noise. And make her walk and like put them in that environment and then suddenly it becomes a joke you know suddenly it becomes like oh this is funny i believe this now because listen these guys are in the parking lot doing this without that it could be some sports caster announcing thing where they where it's disconnected and you don't you don't believe it as much you're like that's funny i got the idea but you didn't 
Yeah. You know, it didn't really that. happen. You know, it, it, it was something that they showed you, but it never really happened in real life. But but it did. It just wasn't built back up. But yeah, spot was a fun one. I don't even know if we have that on, on our site for people to check out. I can see. It was a it's a union one too, so I need to make sure that I can't just post those willy nilly yep. talent and everything in them. So which is why it's probably not on our site. So you have uh back to the your process, you have the the tracks split up. Yeah. Broken down. Yeah. So yeah, so in Pro Tools will work. Uh, we work on Pro Tools here. Um, I'll have many, many tracks of you know dialogue a care at least at least a track per character, um, if not more. Longer things will start to work from pre dubs. Well, we'll have you know track per character, but they've already done some like EQ and mix work to them. Um, but for most part, any shorter form stuff, I'll go track per character. Sometimes track per character per scene. Um, which gives us flexibility to add reverb per scene in a way that I don't have to do tons of automation. Yeah, with the track counts the way they can get today, it's easy. I can just make a 200-track session and be happy. And, um, but yeah, so we'll have uh, a dialogue bus, a music, a effects bus, and a music bus that all these different tracks feed. And there's all different processing per each, depending on where it's going as well. So... Um, you know, sometimes I'll do some some ducking of the just the center channel to get the music to um, to peek out a little bit uh, to get the dialogue to peek out over the music. So sometimes we'll duck just the information that would come out of the center of the speakers to make room for dialogue. Um, little things like that. Sometimes that's not appropriate if it's going to five point one and you don't know the system and that's all you're going to hear because you can hear side chain compression. Um, like that. So, but it, what what I'm getting to is the busing of these this way provides the normal amount of flexibility you need to make it sound right. Um, as well, it makes for quick, easy updates too, which is key. Um, yeah, and then the output of that is of in the in the rigs is just loads of stems, right? So you have music stem, music and effects stem. Um, you have your your DME print track, which is dialogue, music and effects print. Um, and sometimes, depending on where it's going, I'll have a couple different prints, like one for for a digital, and then a print for mobile. You know, print for digital, maybe a print for mobile, a print for broadcast. So we're printing the mix at the appropriate legal levels for all those places too. Um, yeah, so that's like the nuts and bolts, honestly. So legal levels for broadcast for like mobile, are you just adjusting it? because of the limitations on the speakers for the yeah. phone? Yeah, so, yeah, for that, we make, you know, you listen to it on, you, know, you listen all around for that. And uh, sometimes, you know, a lot of times it's mostly just adjusting a limiter. Sometimes it's putting distortion on some low-end stuff, you know, to get the low-end to at least make itself known. Music guys have been doing this for years. Um, and a lot of times they, the the low-end, and, and I mean, unless it's a feature, um the low end is, you know, nothing you have to worry about. But on mobile, if you know that it's like an Instagram spot that's going out or something or just like an ad that's going to live in that space and there's like a big rumble that happens as like a boulder falls, it's useless. You know, you're going to get this thing at the top and that's all you're going to hear is like whatever's up there. So, um, you know, we'll add distortion and some sort of character to the low end that at least allows you to to, to hear that in those speakers or hear what is happening down there. Um, and music folks have done this for years. The minute people started listening out of phones, mastering engineers started distorting a little bit of the low end just so you can add the character higher up. Um, so yeah, you have to treat it different. Um, if it's, I mean, if it's iconic on it, if it's not worth it, you know, like really there's no, 
sub stuff happening. And it's like, ah, what's what's the use? But but yeah. So does it bother you when you have no control over how people are listening <laughs> to what you're doing? No, it's part of the job. It's always been that way. You know, I started off in music, so you can, you know, so, um, so I started off in, I think, professionally doing this. I was always a, a hobbyist up before I went to school, but uh, in 2002, and even back then. So, I mean, the, the, granted, everything has kind of spread out and the mediums that you listen to, but if the same thing applies is that you need to make sure your mix holds up in any situation and that's that's always the way it's been so we'd always you know you do the classic listen to it in your car i know old recording studios back in the day some of them even had like shortwave transmitters where you could just go out to your car before you know cassettes and tune into the radio station of the studio and they'd play the mix back and you can listen to it to hear what it kind of sound like to get squashed through broadcast a little bit no it's just the way that things go so you know, it's it's sometimes it adds more work. Sometimes it adds to the budget if it's crazy. But honestly, if you know it going in, you just work accordingly, right? Work appropriately to, the, to your output and know that it might live everywhere else. So just be ready. Um, when it gets bigger, when it gets to bigger distri- distributed things, distributed things, then it then the list of deliverables is stupid huge. You know, I'm talking about like the M&E deliverables, the... Um, you know the what was it that we we did this this documentary a while back that that keeps getting picked up globally which is really cool um but the how many like archive deliverables what's going to tape what's not it's it was a lot um it was a big project for us and we we enjoyed it and we killed it and it was really wonderful but um the list of where this thing's going to live was huge and yeah well worth it too i mean it definitely is it was definitely good to do, but um, that doesn't bug me. It's the way of the world. Yeah. You know, 99-cent earbuds, you know, to, to listen to what comes out of you, like your $500,000 <laughs> console. It's the way it's been happening since Walkman's existed. That is true. It just, so, it, it frust. I'm not a sound guy, so it just frustrates me, and I just give up on it. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> I, I, If it's not a big project, I just... It's, Unfortunately, well, there, there's only so much I can do because I I don't I'm not set up entirely for audio. I'm set up for a little bit of everything, and yeah. so it's like okay, I can listen to it on the computer speakers, some headphones, and some other speakers, and like that's about it. Like, yeah. Well, there are, there are there are folks, and that's that's the one thing that's like that final step of, and it's not much, right? It's not much work for for like a an audio post house and to find somebody who has the bandwidth to take on like a very small job like an hour say hey guys can you spend an hour just to make sure you know that this is the level it's all it's almost like it's like mastering for you know for for video creation like a in in music if if you guys aren't a aren't, aren't music folks it, the process is well first like we'll assume the song's written right so you record it right yeah and this these are three different people you record the song. A tracking engineer would record the song. You would take it to your mixer, right? The guy would mix the song. He takes the multi-track stems. He mixes the song. That mixer goes, sweet, you know, I really love this mix. Send it, sends it to a mastering house then, you know, or to a mastering engineer who takes that two-track mix and squashes it and makes it appropriate for all the outputs. And that's basically what a mastering engineer's job is, is to 
take your mix and make sure that if it's played on the radio, it sounds good. That it, you know, on to vinyl, that it's going to sound good. Um, that that it plays well on digital. That if people buy it off of iTunes, it sounds appropriate off iTunes and it streams well. You know, that's music has been doing this for years, and that's one guy's job at the end of the day, just to make sure that that's that all those. And sometimes those are like seven different deliverables. Sometimes it's just one that you know holds up everywhere. Um, so, and that step is, and so that's, that's music and film, you know, and, and especially if we're, if we're making content for, for digital or, or going to TV, that step can't be skipped either. Um, in, in, in audio posts in a post house, you know, most places will do it themselves, right? You have, that's why you have the skill set to do it. Um, but you know, from from now the workflow of a lot of guys doing stuff themselves at home. You know, a lot of guys working in Premiere. Um, the cost of entry is a lot lower. You know, you're you're finding a lot more talent bubbling up um, than you did in years past because the cost of entry is so much lower, and you can have a lot of really creative people doing a lot of creative, awesome work who didn't come from that production um, workflow. Don't understand uh, uh, mostly. I can't say mostly. Um, some of them don't get that there's one extra step that you can do. It doesn't cost hardly anything. It's like an hour of time to go, oh, now this thing's loud and awesome. You know, even though I didn't have the budget to get all the dialogue clean and I couldn't get, you know, all these little things out, at least I know when it runs wherever it runs, it's going to be legally loud, like exactly where it needs to be. And something you can be proud to say, like, that it's that's going to run after a Chevy ad and not be, you know, not yeah. be the quiet thing that feels chintzy and cheap. Um, and that's, you know, that, that having that option available and at least learning that, that like, man, mo- you, you know, your audio post outs will, will kindly fit that in. Now, now if they didn't touch the whole thing, if they didn't mix the whole thing and they didn't, you know, if they didn't do all the work, doubtful, they're going to go and put it on their website as to something that like they're super proud of. But, but it, but it's at least getting that like that that final polish it's like would you dare put out something you shot without color grade some people do but some you know do it themselves right yeah i think a lot of uh, there's a a lot of our listeners that are in smaller markets might have like smaller really small budgets for like a local super local tv spot and i think that's a a good point to bring up like you you don't have the budget for a whole you know sound mix and whatever and just if you can have an hour or two of a post house time. Yeah, just to just to not sound local, you know. That's that's going to be our next sales pitch. Don't <laughs> sound local. Um, I hate that word too, by the way. Local. I hate it. I really hate that word. And there's some there's certain like markets that that word's awesome. Farming, right? Farming, yep. it makes sense. I think breweries, you know, that makes sense to 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 be proud of being local. Um, I'm sure there's others, but to me, that's those are the top two. In music, I think it's horrible. Yep. And in production, I think it's horrible. Now, 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 in production, there is the the union, right? So your local, whatever. Um, that's good. That's that's okay to feel to feel local there. But <laughs> because I'm in the musicians' union here, I love it. It's the local one. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like the first. Um, so, but the. But it bugs me, right? So there's radio stations here in town who do this, like you know, local discovery, and they play these songs, and it's like they have to, they have to, they have to basically tell you, hey, what you're about ready to hear is like kind of good, but it sucks in a way as well. Yeah. Here's your local garbage. You're like, no, like if it's good enough 
for you to play. It should just be, hey, here's some new music, and and it hold to the same level. Same with like production, like oh, it's a local production. Do, does that mean like it's kind of crap? Like no, it shouldn't. It shouldn't mean that it's kind of crap. It it should mean like you're proud to do it here. But like that 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 word hasn't been used that way. You know, it's not like oh, it was produced locally, and and you look at it and you go whoa. It, it never lives up, you know, if because the people who are doing stuff that lives up, that lives up to it, they, they never say, like, produce locally. They just say, check out my work. It's awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like they don't they don't get into this like, oh, yeah, produce locally or it's a local spot. You know, that's that's like code for super cheap and probably going to suck. Yeah. Permission to suck. Yeah. I it's I think it's garbage. So and and because I we, we aspire to be better than that at all times. And and we aspired for our work to to hold up. Like I I I wouldn't mind pitching, being able to pitch a job and put together and show. You know, we do a ton of local spots and put together something like man. My my real I, what's hilarious about it, and I I joked about this the other day because we're like putting up for some for some bigger work, and I'm like five of the eight companies that I put on this reel of this like great work had Cincinnati in their name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, we got to pull some of this down. Like, it's really good work. And it holds up at a national scale. Some of it was national stuff. I'm not calling it local, but unfortunately, all the companies had Cincinnati in their name. So I had to it kind of change strategy a little bit. But yeah, we, we aspire to not be that. So yeah, I hate that word. Do you have a replacement word? <laughs> great no it's it's because because all right so any band you know I, it's it's easy to go back to music any band who makes a record isn't gonna you know isn't unless unless their geography is is a positive right unless they're like brooklyn right brooklyn like brooklyn based band right that's a that's a positive right there's there's something about you saying your city name that that's a that's a good thing but you can't you know, like anybody else, right? So you've got what L.A., you know, New York. Tom Petty doesn't go around saying like what what is it Tallahassee based. You know, he doesn't say like Tallahassee based. You know, local artist. No, it's listen to my music. You know, and locale is it. You know, it's not. It's not about. You know, it's, to me, it's not about about where you're at. Um, it's more about what you did. And if you have to lean back on the narrative of Hey, we're a you know whatever based this or that, then you, you kind of missed it because they're not you know now now the, the the other the other point would be you do have to have your locale there if you know if you need people to hire you in that city right so they're gonna come to that city and they're gonna you know they're gonna hire you there but your creative shouldn't say your creative yep. shouldn't be indicative of 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 your city um, you know like the creative hotbed of you know. Of, of of Cincinnati, it's not. We're not known for creative hotbed, so why would I put on my sleeve like, ah, Cincinnati? This, it's not that. Like, man, it's a virtual world now. Like, you're gonna have, you know, now now now. I'm sure there's certain cities that that have a, a more um, more engaged creative community, right? Uh, and 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 honestly, Cincinnati's creative community is community is insane. Like it's really wonderful. Um, it's it has flourished over the past seven years here, and is and and so I'm not knocking it at all because I mean it's it's essentially raised me professionally, um, and there are uh, many many people doing great great work here. Um, 
but outside of Cincinnati where, you know, no one's known as a, you know, you don't think of create, creative hotbed of Cincinnati. And nor does anybody think of probably any town outside of, well, like you've got like Austin, you know, Austin has that going. Yep. You know, Atlanta's got a lot of good production stuff going. Um, but outside of those pockets, you know, LA, New York, your standards, outside of those pockets, you don't need to put that on there. You don't even need to say it a little cool. Yeah. You know, maybe if, if you're talking about, about the territory in which your spot will be aired, it will air on local cable. All right. But frankly, it better not feel like that. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and yeah, we get it. Sometimes it's, you know, it's the amount of time you have to put something together and budget dictated certain things. Um, we get it. But, you know, anything you can do to help your client not feel that way, not feel cheap, not feel anything you can do to polish that up to a point where it, where it does hold up because there's going to be national spots surrounding it. Anything you can do to make that happen is going to do them a great, great yeah. service. Um, and that's your added value, right? Yep. As, you, a, uh, as a producer, director, filmmaker, DP. You really notice the uh, super well done non-national spots. Yeah. I mean, because think about that. I, mean, I think I think there's a wonderful strategy that can exist um, and that 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 us as, as kind of production folks that you can you know your area you know your area great and i know this isn't even what we were talking about today but you know your area so well that you can produce content at a high level that's pretty hyper focused for your area um and for you know for your town for your you know for your city that's cool you know and imagine if that can feel big that's real cool. Mm-hmm. You know, you've done a great service for your client if if you can get to that level. And I know that that costs money, right? That's like, you know, this is coming from me, right? The audio guy sits back and goes, "That looks good. How'd you guys do that?" Um, you know, and and you know, and yeah, well the shoot was really expensive. Well, why didn't everybody do that? Cuz we're not made of money, Frank. Yeah. All right. I'm done yeah. ranting. That's it. And I'm highly caffeinated now, but So here at Sound Images, what kind, what type of uh, gear are you guys working with for sure. post production work? Right. So gear wise, um, so on the capture side, so ADR, um, well, and, and so so we actually for ADR we have our Sennheiser MKH four sixteen, boom that gets used for everything. So we use it for Foley and for for ADR. Um, we typically bring in, so we've gotten we've gotten requests for billions of different lavs. So you know we had a Sennheiser in house, but we continually get asked for all sorts of different things. Um, so we end up renting all sorts of stuff on the lav level. Um, but mostly now it's the Seiken um, lav, and we need to. We'll probably end up ponying up for that until, of course, the minute we start buying that, that, that they're gonna start requesting other things in order yep. to sell it. But um, Sagan Loft on the front. And then uh, most animation stuff, um, any of the animation dialogue or any VO, it's U87s. Um, and I know I know sometimes the TLMs come in handy as well for that. They have a higher SPL. Um, that being said, I've still had folks yelling and screaming into U87 and still been pretty crystal clear. I know they will break up eventually. 
you know, if it's hot enough. But uh, um, we've we've been really fortunate with with these. But uh, yeah, so that's that's on that end. Um, squeaky clean preamps for sure. So of the Gracie and Millennial Millennium type, um, we'll use. We have Metric Halo UNL eights, um, which aren't. Now, I mean, they're lovely. I love them. Um, they sound like yesterday I gained something up, I want to say like 60 dB in our live room um, for some sound effects. And they are so clean at that level. It, it, it always, it, I, I have forgotten how transparent they can be until yesterday when I'm doing this stuff and it's you know you walk into a live room and you have to whisper and like walk lightly because the mic is gained up so loud and you need to make sure you've eaten food long enough before because you're going to start you hear your stomach grumbling and you're in the work you're doing Um, and there is they're just really clean and accurate preamps so there's uh, we have 16 of those in our studio A and they're metric halo UNL8s um, so they are our workhorse for anything post to get it in, um, and they make you know make smaller versions of those. They also have conversion inside those boxes too, which is really cool. Um, we don't always have to use it. We have plenty of other conversion with a um, Pro Tools HD or HDX systems in every room. Um, yeah, so the, so from there for that's so that's the front end. So the the four sixteen, typically a second law of U eighty seven. Into Pro Tools uh, via the UNL8s, and uh, yeah, and 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 once in there, honestly, the workhorse of late has been, or for the past few years, has been Isotopes RX stuff. Um, so we'll have the post production post production suite, and that is is a lifesaver. I mean, you ask anybody who touches it or uses it from even just from cleaning up your field recording, it is insane what they're doing with that stuff. And and it was it was one of those like what early on what I used to do to like get a siren out of a recording would be to dip the EQ, like find the frequency on the EQ, dip it and then automate the the frequency as the as the the siren oscillates up and down. So you would you would you would dip it out of an EQ and then have to like find it and trace it way back. And then RX came up with came out with their spectrum um, it was their, their, their spectrum analyzer. And then you could do basically attenuation via there. If you haven't, if you haven't checked it out, if you haven't, this isn't even an isotope episode, but if you haven't checked them out, you have to. And I think there's free versions to, to try for a couple of days, but you can paint out like Photoshop attenuation, nice. paint out your, your sirens and, and do a lot of a, that, that standard life saving things when it comes to lowering your room tone um, getting out the rumble from wind and our, and this is kind of what I'm excited about is RX just came out as of last last night or, or at least they sent me the note last night um, with RX6 and in that in that has two new plugins one of them that removes periodic low end wind rumble. So it removes this you know, occasionally. You boom, you know, you've got a dead cat hanging up above your talent, talking on a rooftop, and and they've had you know, there's been they've had plenty of ways to remove you know low end rumble, but what's a pain is you do it over the whole like uh, over the whole track, yeah, or you find spots and then you spot fix it, or you roll off your low end and it's just it kind of kills the life of of what's happening. 
they have and 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 I would love to talk to them more, but they've they've done a periodic thing where it senses this wind rumble and cleans that up. Not only that, but they have they've gone and gotten the the new they they've got a way that's cleaning the rustle out of undergarment lavalier mics. Nice. Periodic rustle from there. And you could do it before, but they've had I think it's a new way to sense how that happens. So amazing amazingly wonderful new things coming out from them so they make it really hard to stay away and not buy their stuff for yeah. me in there so yeah so rx does a lot of the work on cleaning they've got lots of leveling and kind of automatable things but you can get yourself in trouble with it for sure you know if you if you go too deep or too heavy-handed with some of the tools but they definitely give you everything you need to to get out of some really tough places that that we've all been in um yeah, and, and you do that work before you call the talent back in and say, hey, come in and do some ADR. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of times you can save it in RX and a lot of times. And a lot of times if, you know, if you know you're not going to get them back or, or you can't get them back with the amount of time, that's the first place I go. And typically it's the right choice. Yeah. I'd say the automation stuff is definitely a, a nice time saver for you guys so that you can focus on the more oh, important yeah. things rather than removing stupid rumbles every once That's in a right. while no i mean honestly the the it, it it it's it takes one one job one long enough one let's call it one full production full audio post production of of a short to justify the cost of ponying up for all of their all of their you will save so much time in in post working how much working is the there. software uh, I want to say sixteen hundred. Okay. For everything, um, I mean, we've gone. I think we've. I. I don't, don't want to. I think there's only a couple plugins we don't have, but pretty much it's we've bought it all, and it's it's the best. It's so good. Yes. So that's what I'm excited about. Isotope. So what have you been working on? Right now, currently, what I'm what I should be working on is uh, we've got some music in the works that that'll be public here shortly. Um, for for a spot that we're working on actually with Brandon, which is cool. Um, it's cool to get to work with him on stuff. Um, got that happening. Um, recently, we got added some some sweet credits with American Dad, um, which was doing some some dialogue work uh, with the folks at Fox, and um, as well as um, so work with uh, so there's a new cartoon coming out, which is awesome that my kids get to get to do this but um got to do some character work for just a, I mean, this is like a minor part so i don't get to do the whole show or anything <laughs> like that um there's a, there's a there's an actor here in town um who was doing work uh for hotel transylvania so they're making a series out of the out of the cartoon and uh had this i mean i think it was a toronto-based actor and and it was insane the character voice people who do these super animated kind of high energy all over the map characters always impress me when they come in here to do what they do because they are that way they are built that way they are that mm-hmm. way when they're in here they are huge animated professionals and and it's a treat to to have a man so yeah so did got to do some um cartoon stuff um have some some sound effects and some foley things coming up but um as well as a, there is a hopefully if it comes in a very long animated book that'll be really cool to be doing dialogue and voices for so sounds fun yeah those are always a blast so so yeah that's that's what's going on with me um 
and I, I can't say me, it's us, honestly. I'm I'm not the only one here. I will so. say that I I love you know, I've only known you guys for a few months. I love how when I come in here, like everyone that works here at Sound Images is just so passionate and gets so excited about sound stuff. And like I said before, I'm not a sound person. And like when when you guys were screening Kill Game for Brandon one time, and like you guys were going on like, oh, that thump on the table is so <laughs> badass. I'm like, okay, we're geeks. <laughs> we are. We are. We are definitely geeks. Um, we try not to wear it on our sleeves. Um, but there are times where we totally do, and we can't get away from that. I, I, I only call it a geek because I think the, that, that it's such something to, to love and be passionate about that you're, you're in a minority of things to be passionate about. That's what mm-hmm. a geek, right? Like if I were to say like, man, I really love, you know, I really love the beach. Well, that's not a geek thing to be in love with the beach because a lot of people are in love with the beach. Yeah. But, you know, it, if you boil it down, like I'm in love with like, a grain of sand and then you're like dude you're kind of weird you're, you're, that's like yeah. one not everyone is in love with a grain and that's what, what audio is it's that tiny little thing but yeah but yeah I just I, I love it and the excitement like the the passion rubs off a little bit to everyone in the room and like so even I was excited I was like shut up Alex we don't want to hear about <laughs> how you lit this thing <laughs> <laughs> that's right Alex sorry Alex um yeah, definitely. Well, I'm glad that comes off. I mean, we stay highly caffeinated and try to keep ourselves, you know, moving forward. So, right on. Yep. And we spoke a little bit before the show started, um, and neither one of us have been watching anything lately. So. No. No. Well, I mean, that's my my caveat here is is I'm my my youngest is now a year old, and it's by the time I go to. Well, I would have to watch. I watch Stranger Things. I watched, I, nice. uh, although way late, right? So that uh, you know, like a year late. Um, but by the time anybody, it, by the time I would have time to do that, I fall asleep. Yeah, I'm done. Five thirty comes at the same time every day. Yes, it does. And yeah, and there's 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 more things that I need to do than than watch stuff. So yeah, there will be a day. It'll happen again. I'll watch stuff. I'm gonna come in, and Brandon's gonna be like. Do you see this? I'm like, Psh, last week. <laughs> what are you late to the game? But that's not today. So, so. I am going on vacation um, May 5th through the 14th to Vegas. Um, I'm going to throw this out here. If anyone is interested in meeting up with the producer of the show, um, I'm willing to meet up for an hour or two and talk shop. I'd really love if you're based in L- um, Las Vegas to come see where you work. Um, that would be fun. But uh, I can promise you that it'll be nothing like a meetup with Brandon. I'm not going to be breakdancing at 4 a.m. That I'm happened? Not... Yes. Oh, that's awesome. 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Uh, dance part, breakdance parties. Like, Sweet. that's just, sorry guys, it's not me. You sure? Sure. Yeah. It's not a challenge sure. either. Kidding. It's a promise. <laughs> <laughs> I so. think a lot of people just went. Challenge accepted. <laughs> and I can make Frank break dance. I think you should do it. What can what could you I, I think we should challenge people out there. What can you get Frank to do? That's the question. You know? You know? And see. See if someone can push you past past your comfort zone. It'd be interesting. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you're interested in that, uh FTBpodcast at gmail.com, send me a message, or if you're in our Slack group, uh hit me up there. Awesome. You have anything else you want to? No, man. Add? Uh, you know, you know, no. 
Got got I got work. Got music to tend to. Yes. That this world needs to hear. Yeah. And Brandon's gonna start getting antsy. He's already antsy. Yeah, he's always he antsy. He just lives antsy, I think. <laughs> he lives amped up. I don't know if he lives antsy. I don't know. He is pretty hyped. Yeah. Yeah. The man exists at one level, which is good. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, it's been fun. Yeah. Hey, cheers, cheers. Frank. Hey, so. Have a good week. This podcast was recorded live at Sound Images Studio. Find out more at soundimages.com.